Hi, thank you for joining Grief and Frozen Lasagnas every first and third Thursdays. I'm your host, Veronica Day. This podcast is devoted to talking openly about grief and how to help someone who is grieving. You will hear personal stories ranging from the sad, the angry, the are you freaking kidding me, to pee your pants funny. We're not licensed professionals nor grief experts. We're just real people who've experienced grief I want to share what helped and what didn't. So here we are, episode eight. This is the last episode for season one. Season two will air September 1st. We're going to take a little break during July and August. Please stay subscribed because I just might drop some bonus episodes or outtakes this summer. Thank you all so much for the support when I said I was going to create a podcast on grief. Thanks to all my season one guests. Jocelyn, Steve, Val, Alex, Lindsay, Michael, Destiny, Andrea, and Rhiannon. A huge thank you to the Sideshow Symphony and Barbara Gary for helping me with the music. I know I have so many people to thank for supporting me, but I can't begin to say my thank yous without mentioning my husband, Patrick Gary. He's not only supported my ideas, but also helped me see them to fruition. I could go on and on about him, and let's face it, I often do. But let's save that when we host How to Date a Widow or Widower episode, because that's actually a thing. We've talked about some pretty heavy stuff this season, and our world has had to deal with some sad stuff too. I wanted to end on a more hopeful note and talk about something many of us love. The movies. Movies can transform, transport, inspire, and make us feel all the feels. I got to thinking about movies and grief. There are some movies that no matter how many times I watch them, I'll always cry. Today I have a short list of movies that deal with grief. Now, this is not going to be like an actual review of each of these films, but more of how certain scenes really hit the mark. I chose some not-so-current films, but hey, spoiler alerts. The films are Sleepless in Seattle, Return to Me, Ghost, Marley and Me, and My Girl. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's start with Sleepless in Seattle. It's a 1993 rom-com directed by Nora Ephron, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, The film's about this journalist named Annie, played by Meg Ryan, who, despite being newly engaged, becomes enamored with a recently widowed architect named Sam, played by Tom Hanks. One night, his son calls into a radio talk program, requesting a new wife for his grieving father. I think this movie hits the mark with a very specific scene. Sam has agreed to talk to the radio therapist, and he says, Well, I'm going to get up out of bed every morning, breathe in and out, all day long. Then after a while, I won't have to remind myself 
to get out of bed every morning and breathe in and out. And then, after a while, I won't have to think about how I had it great and perfect for a while. That scene, it's, it's so quiet and calm. I think that because he's not crying or screaming, it just adds to the intensity of his statement. Those of us who've lost a partner often wonder how we're going to get up each morning and continue living. It seems impossible to even consider how we begin to do that, knowing the love of our life is not there lying next to you. They're not there when you open your eyes in the morning or when you come home from work. They're not there to tell them about your day or have that ridiculous discussion of what's for dinner. You know the one I'm talking about, the, I don't know, what do you feel like eating? I don't know, what do you want to do for dinner? I personally often just snacked on whatever because it was too sad for me to make dinner or even go to the grocery store. I got out of bed every morning and took a shower. Yeah, I cried a lot in the shower. I forced myself to brush my teeth, get dressed, and all that. And you know what? Eventually, I didn't have to force myself to get up and breathe. The movie Return to Me is another great example of reality and grief. It's a 2000 rom-com drama directed by Bonnie Hunt and has David Duchovny and Minnie Driver in it. If you haven't seen this movie, stop. Go right now and watch it. It's sad, funny, sad, and funny some more, and gives you hope. David Duchovny's character, Bob, why his wife dies in a car crash. Her heart is donated to a young woman waiting for a transplant named Grace. So Bob meets Grace by accident at a restaurant, and he falls for her. She eventually learns that she has his late wife's heart. This movie is filled with adorable characters and has some very memorable scenes, but the one I want to talk about here is the scene after the crash when Bob comes home. He's still in his tuxedo, but it's torn. It has blood on it. And their dog comes running up to the front door looking for his favorite person, which is Bob's wife. Bob hugs him and tells him she's not coming home. Ever. The dog just keeps looking at him and looking at the door. So Bob just slides down to the floor while hugging the dog, sobbing. So many of us have lost pets, and it sucks. But when you lose a person, and your pet just keeps looking at you like, where are they? Where'd they go? It's gut-wrenching. One of our cats kept waiting for Travis by the door. The other cat refused to move off of his work backpack. He would just look at me and let out the saddest, quietest, and longest meow. My heart broke even further. So that scene was always sad for me, but it got terribly real after Travis died. So, many of you have seen the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. After Swayze's character Sam dies, his girlfriend Molly has a real hard time coping. Sam is stuck as a ghost while he tries to figure out why he was killed. There's a scene where she's trying to sort through all of his belongings and his stuff, and she wants to hang on to, to everything, and I, I think it was the breath mints that she can't bear to throw in the trash. Sam is watching her in disbelief and says, Molly, what are you doing? 
I think sometimes it's very hard for us to give up our loved ones things, even something as trivial as breath mints. It connects us back to them. Sometimes their things still smell like them. But I bet if they could see us, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Throw that in the trash. But I get it. And whoever wrote that scene gets it too. Okay, on to Marley and me. This one makes me cry every time. Travis used to ask me, why do you watch movies that make you cry if you know they're going to make you cry? I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know. So this is a 2008 movie based on a 2005 book of the same name by John Grogan. The film has Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston as the owners of Marley, this Labrador retriever. It's the story of a young couple that adopts this very cute yet, uh, let's say rambunctious puppy and follows their story as their family grows through all of their little life's twists and turns and whatnot. At the end of Marley's life, John tells him, you know how we're always saying what a pain you are? You're the world's worst dog. Don't believe it. Don't believe it for one minute because you know we couldn't find a better dog. I love you more than anything. You're a great dog. I love you. I think the reason this resonates is because it's, well, because too many of us wait until the end to tell someone that we love them. I mean, really tell them we love them with all their faults and everything. And we can have a hard time letting go. Speaking of letting go, let's get to the movie My Girl. This film, man, has so many levels. Fear, death, family angst, jealousy, love, coming of age, and acceptance, just to name a few. The main character, Veda, in case you've never seen it, has to come to terms with the death of her mom, her bestie dying in a freak accident, unrequited love, accepting her dad's new marriage. That's a lot for one kiddo to handle. Oh yeah, and she hits puberty while growing up in her dad's funeral parlor. Okay, that's a massive amount of feelings to work through. So let's focus on the scene where she creeps downstairs to say goodbye to her best friend, Thomas J., at his funeral. She basically loses it. The grief overwhelms her and she just runs out crying. Veda has a great line in this film. Life isn't just death. Don't ignore the living. I don't think it gets any clearer than that. We can be sad and grieve, but we must remember that our loved ones would not want us to stop living just because they died. That's a hard idea to swallow sometimes. These writers of all these scenes get it. I mean, they're probably writing from experience, which is sad, but shows us that we're not alone in this. Some other movies and TV shows that write it so real are extremely loud and incredibly close, again with Tom Hanks. The Fault in Our Stars, Up, The Big Sick, The Carrie Scenes from And Just Like That. Yeah, I get that that one has some interesting character choices, but the scenes regarding Carrie coping losing big are pretty damn good. This week I watched a film called Other People with Jesse Plemons, Bradley Whitford, and Molly Shannon. The cast list is pretty impressive. I even recognized... Darcy Beth Carden, 
I think that's how you say her name. It took me a minute to figure out where I knew her from. You know, Janet from The Good Place. I got excited about that one. So this movie, man, got me right in the gut. Hard. It was filmed in 2016 and directed by Chris Kelly. It was his directorial debut. And man, what a way to kick off your director career. It's the story of a young New York comedy writer named David coming home to Sacramento to help his dad and younger sisters as his mom is dying of cancer. Each frame is so beautifully and realistically shot that it could be any one of us. David and his dad have this kind of tough history and some struggles after he came out a decade prior. But this movie's not really about that. This film's about a loving family trying to come together, deal with extended family stuff, help their mom, keep up with their own lives, and try to be okay when they're clearly not okay. David confides to a close friend that this is something you figure that happens to other people. His friend just looks at him and so accurately notes that we are all other people to other people. There's so many subtle and real-life scenes in this movie. One that sticks out is where David's dad calls him to ask him to pick up toilet paper and laxatives for his mom on the way home. So the whole movie so far, David's been calm and kind and just rolls with the family stuff. But in the middle of what could basically be any drugstore in any town, he has a mini meltdown in the medicine aisle because he cannot find the laxatives, which, by the way, are right in front of him. You see how everything's been building and building and building up on him, and he just sits down and cries in the middle of the aisle. I have so been there. A few times. So Jesse Plemons and Molly Shannon give such, I don't know, wonderfully sad and yet funny scenes. Like the whole conversation in a restaurant regarding, does she want to be buried or cremated? Does she want to be an organ donor? You know what? Let's face it, there's no good time to have those conversations. And there's this perfect bit in the movie where Molly Shannon lets her son know that some friend dropped off a pie for the family. And she says, who does that? And she makes the joke, aren't you supposed to bring, like, I don't know, a lasagna? I laughed. I laughed so hard I almost shot Coke Zero out my nose. encourage folks to watch these films. And of course, these are just a select few that I chose for today. In case you're wondering if they're okay for kiddos, I will leave that up to you, but they range anywhere from PG to not rated to mature audience labels. In all of these films, you can see that the characters love each other so much. That's where a lot of our grief comes from, isn't it? Because we loved so much. Thank you for joining me as we launch season one and like i said please stay subscribed because i just might drop some bonus episodes and outtakes this summer if there's something you want us to discuss just drop me an email at grief and at gmail.com we'll be back on september 1st with all new topics and guests so stay tuned grief and frozen lasagnas is written performed and produced by veronica day that's me Music and sound design by Patrick Gary and the musical talents of the Sideshow Symphony. To hear this and other music by the Sideshow Symphony, 
go to www.sideshowsymphony.com or find the Sideshow Symphony on Apple Music or the streaming service of your choice. If you liked what you heard, or if you know anyone who might like this, please help us spread the news by sharing it. Or if you're listening through Apple Podcast, please rate and review to let other people know about us. It really helps. If you would like to be part of the show, see photos, or if you'd like to listen to our other episodes, please visit us at griefandfrozenlasagnas.com. Thank you for listening today and hopefully in the future. Take care of yourself and be kind.